and the one and only Ben Knight. I'm actually not a fan of the trading industry as a whole. This is the biggest reason people fail. 70 or 80 or 90% of traders lose money. Purely, all of them will be because of emotions. Get rich quick seems do not exist. That's like kicking a football for the first time and then playing in the Premier League next weekend. It's just <laughs> like, of course you can't do that. Yeah. Uh, trading is obviously the worst example of it. Like there's a amount of scams out there that yeah. it's awful. How have you battled that as a leader to break free from that stigma of what people think they know about the trading industry? Like, to be brutally honest with you, like, I used to trade, let's say six to eight hours a day in the evening, I'd go out, like partying and drinking. You need that release. I'm glad that I had that moment to, to call me out there because I, I'd never even consider going back to that now. If you're a business owner and you're working on your own, you've got to really pay attention to what you're doing outside the business mm -hmm. because that's the thing that will pull you down. Welcome to Inspired By, the show that brings you inspiring stories from inspiring entrepreneurs with a twist. Now, I believe that every successful entrepreneur and celebrity on this planet has an inspiring story and they have stories that they haven't yet told. Not because they don't want to tell the story, but because they haven't been asked the right questions. So my job on the show is to ask the real questions so that you get the real answers. Now with that in mind, let's get started. Welcome back to Inspire By. Now, today's episode, we're going to be interviewing the one and only Ben Knight, who is not only an investment and trading expert, he's an award-winning speaker and the founder of Trade Tribe. Ben, welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm great, Chloe. Thank you for having me. Good to have you here. Well, I gave a bit of an intro there as to lots of things that you have achieved. And I always find it fascinating because often when I share these things, people go, is that me? Like, is that, <laughs> is that me? Of all those things I've achieved. Now, you come across as very confident, incredibly successful, just from what I know about you already. Have you always been that confident person that sat across me on this interview right now? That's an interesting question to kick off with. So I would say younger, I was always like the person who'd like to get in around everybody else. Like I've always been a big networker. And obviously when you're at school, that's different, right? It's, it's yeah. not quite as, a, as it is in business, but the skills are very applicable. So mm. I always used to like, like to know everybody. Mm. And that's always helped me sort of get a bit further like than I would on my own, which has always been nice. And I've sort of taken that forward into into the business area. Now, I mean, as you obviously we met through a community like networking yeah. and I just love it. I think that's the the quickest way to to scale up, I'd say. In your yeah. Life. Fantastic. And you're right, actually, because in the community, the reason we met, actually, for a bit of context for the, the viewers and, and the listeners, was that you were known as the social butterfly. You were known as the person that knew everyone that was socializing. And, you know, whilst personally, that's great fun, it's clearly got you a lot of success in your in your career, in your business, and obviously helped you plan the whole trade tribe movement that you're now obviously a massive advocate for. So, where has that need to be connected and be connected with people in the communities come from? Have you always had kind of had that as a kid? Yeah, I think I did really. And it was obviously unconsciously when I was younger, I wasn't doing it on mm. purpose, but I always felt like whenever you're around others, they know you learn so much more from them than you would from just yourself. Mm. So I used to try and surround myself with people who were doing things completely different from me because I used to have so much knowledge just from like osmosis kind of being around these yeah, people. Yeah. Uh, I think it's the best way to learn. So I've had that when I was younger, but now I do it because I mean, the people we surround ourselves with are just incredible at business, incredible mm. at life in general. And you just learn so much from these people. I, I love it. I think that's mm. the, 
I wasn't the best person to sit in the classroom and just take it all in. I can imagine. (laughs) (laughs) But um, but yeah, learning from others, I can do that all day, every day. Yeah. And now obviously you're an advocate for teaching others as well. So we're going to go into a lot of what you do now with the Trade Tribe. But Mm -hmm. where did your sort of hunger to teach come from? Was it always like you left school and I want to teach other people? Or were there other plans when you really started your business journey? (laughs) Yeah, that's a good one. So, I mean, I went to university straight from school and I did international business. Now, the reason for picking that was I never had any doubt when I was younger that I was going to do anything other than be a business owner. Wow. I just knew. I never knew I wanted, well, I knew I never wanted the nine to five. Mm. I was like, it's just not for me. I, I wouldn't be motivated to do that. So I was like, I need something that's going to keep me on my toes, always changing. And I think that's from like influences when I was on like granddad, that mm. sort of thing. But when I come out of university, like, right, finish that, time to start a business. I sort of realized very quickly I didn't know anything about starting a business <laughs> and so it will about the education system from that. But like, we just didn't learn anything about actually starting one. You learn to be a good employee, which yeah, is interesting. Yeah. Uh, so I came out and I was like, right, ah, what, what do I do now? So I just tried my hand at a few different businesses because I was, I was getting a bit desperate. I was doing like Amazon FBA. I was doing, mm. tr- tried to learn to code mobile phone apps at one point. Like nice. I'm not technical at all. It's the worst <laughs> idea. But it was just so I didn't get like sucked into employment mm. and risk getting comfortable. Which is when I was like, right, I need to find something else here, like just to tide me over. Because obviously you need to earn some money along mm. the way. So that's actually when I got the idea to start trading. And I thought, right, let me just do that in the background, make some money, and then I'll figure out what business I want to do along, like sort of later down the line. Obviously, as things played out, it turned out to be pretty good at it. So. <laughs> wow. Yeah. But and that it, was a... It's progressed from there. So yeah, I'm really curious, Ben, you talked about there that you kind of came out of school and you're like, I've always wanted to start a business. Now, mm. I admire you for that because I was the complete opposite. I was like, I never want to run a business. It was my partner who came to me and said, Chloe, you need to start a business. You've done this, this, and this, and this. You're training for other people. You're doing all this sort of stuff. Why are you not running a business? And I was like, why would I ever leave my comfortable, safe job getting paid the salary I want, you know? And so I always find it fascinating to meet people like yourself who just like, I've never, ever wanted that. So where has that hunger for entrepreneurship or that passion come from? That's a really good question. So I would, I've never thought about it in detail, but I guess it must have come from, because I hate comfort. It sounds ridiculous, right? And I, I don't mean to like preach and all that, but like if I'm doing something every day that isn't like really pushing me or anything like that, I feel a bit bored. Wow. Like, it, it's weird. Um, like I know an easy example would be like the cold showers. Like everyone's doing them now, but like I used to every morning, 5 a.m., just jump in a plunge pool in my garden. I, I don't know what I was thinking, but everyone's you know, doing it. I'm definitely yeah. not doing it. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the funny thing was, I was doing that, but I was going live on Facebook every day doing it. And the reason I did that was for the accountability side, because you can push yourself then like when you're feeling good, that's Mm. easy to do. It's when no one else is watching that it's really difficult. So I like to manufacture situations where people are watching. Now, Mm. I mean, Facebook lives are a bit extreme example, (laughs) but um, seeing me get into a pool in my garden, but um, (laughs) but anything like that, I think is a a good way to do it. Mm. And that just transpired into business for me because I thought, right, if I've got a team around me, like there's nowhere to hide, right? You are... You need to be the person who's leading by example. Yeah. So I think that's where it really came from. That's incredible. And so, I, I mean, I want to talk about this whole accountability stuff as we go through this episode, because that's sure. really fun, fun, fascinating. Tell me about the influences in your life that made you want to maybe not be in the nine to five or want to be an entrepreneur. You mentioned a granddad. Has, has there been people in your life that have maybe shown you a different path, maybe without even realizing it? I think for me, and I, I notice I still do this, I learn from what I don't want to do more than what I want to do. 
so yeah, my granddad always had like a business throughout my childhood. So I was like, okay, that looks great. But my parents both worked like all hours of the day. Right. Like, Mum in the city, dad electrician, but like, you know, all the time. So I lived with my grandparents a lot for childcare. Mm. And I think for me, I was like, God, oh, that, that looks awful. That doesn't look like what I want to do at all. Mm. So I think from that point of view, I thought, right, if I'm not going to do that, what's the alternative? And business just seemed the obvious choice. And I like the idea of you can do literally anything in a business, right? You can yeah. well, you can change the world, so to speak. So Wow. Yeah, I think that's what inspired me. That's such an inspirational concept to end on as well. It's like you can change the world. Because I think a lot of employees want to have an impact. They want to inspire others. And yeah, you can inspire employees around you, you can inspire a team, but actually if you want to make a real impact and real inspiration, it comes from being the leader. So it's interesting that you didn't want to be attached to the nine to five and you've gone into a business now that you actually aren't attached to in any way, shape or form when it comes to time, which we'll talk about in a second. So where did where did trading come into this? Obviously you said you tried a lot of stuff, coding being one of them, hilarious. Mm. Um, but where where did trading fit? How did you find out about it? And t tell us about that. Yeah, well, just before we move on to that, I want to mm -hmm. just touch on something you said then about like, you've got to be the leader to sort of change things. I, I really like that because that's what drives us, I know. Mm -hmm. But also I think to be a good leader, you've got to facilitate the space for someone else that doesn't want to run a business, but they're like the best at their thing. Yeah. And that's the people you want to surround yourself with, right? Like if you're the smartest person in your business, you've got the wrong business, yeah? Yeah. Um, See, so yeah, I really like that about business as well. You're giving others the opportunity to sort of, fly where otherwise mm. they'd be sort of held down which is pretty cool wow. um sorry to no, no, I love that. This, is, this is exactly why the show is about is there yeah, and yeah. i think it is important to to know that as a business owner you are also creating change for your employees for your team members and encouraging them to be the best versions of themselves so absolutely beautiful yeah absolutely i learned from them probably more than they learn from me good <laughs> where are these people <laughs> yeah. uh, but to answer your other question about the trading like what sort of got me into it what i really like about trading just as a concept i didn't know anything about it by the way no finance background at all. Uh, I really like the idea that you get paid directly proportional to how good you get at it. Mm. That that excites me, like that interests me. So when I said I didn't want a nine to five, I don't like the idea of getting paid just for showing up. Like you could have a good day, a bad day, who cares? Like you're just going to get the same thing. Mm. Now, if you like that, amazing, great. But I just knew it wouldn't keep me motivated. Mm. Like if I'm having a bad day, I want to get less for it. Yeah. Kind of thing. And that's going to push me to go better the next day. It's kind of like the uncomfort out of the comfort zone thing again. Yeah. Um, I, I just like that. I just operate well from that. So I think that's why trading fit me perfectly. I was like, oh, amazing. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start and I'm going to be terrible. Yeah. That's okay. And what I do like about it is it's very obvious if you're bad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, like when that money starts going down, you know that there's a problem. <laughs> but alternatively as well, when things are going well and you get good, you're instantly mm. rewarded. Yeah. I like that. I love that. And you're in control of it, right? Because you you are, I mean, I'm definitely not a trading expert. Please don't quote me on this. This is why Ben's here. Um, <laughs> but you're in control of that because if you're making the right decisions, you're getting the, the right results. Now, mm. I am not into trading, just to be frank. I've got mm. a few shares and stocks and stuff, but I'm definitely not an expert. I'm like a put it there, watch it, leave it person, mm. which is not the strategy that many people teach. I'm curious from your perspective, I've seen a lot of people say that when it comes to trading, you need to take the emotion out of it. And a lot of people go, oh, I don't know whether I should buy now or I should jump out now. And it's emotion, emotion, emotion. What's your views on letting your emotions come into what you do with your money, in particular trading in this instance? Yeah, I mean, this, you're right. This is the biggest reason people fail with investing. I think if you go onto any trading platform, it says like a little stat in the corner, like 70 or 80 or 90% of traders lose money purely all of them will be because of emotions. Wow.
Now, I just wanted to quickly interrupt this episode to share a quick message with you. Now, I've been hosting these interviews with Inspired by Show for a while now, and I've been loving all of the great feedback from our listeners. And it really means a lot when you all share from listening to these episodes, watching these episodes, share your incredible feedback. And I love that you love it as much as we do. Now, my mission for the Inspired by Show is to inspire others to challenge the norm, share their story, knowing that it's okay to be vulnerable and, shock horror, take the mask off and be raw and real. So I have a favor to ask. Can you help me on this mission by sharing this episode with someone who you think needs to hear this message? Maybe there's a friend, a loved one, a colleague, or someone that you know that would really benefit from hearing this inspiring story. If you could do that to help us help even more people to challenge the norm and push themselves out of their own comfort zone, then I'd really appreciate it. So if you haven't already, share this episode with a friend, a loved one, a colleague, or someone that you know would benefit. Now, back to the episode. Because... I think well, we've all experienced it, even aside from trading. When money's involved, we do get a bit emotional. Mm. Like, it doesn't matter where you are. Anything's involved. Whether it's good or bad, you do. So when you're trying to make decisions based on logic, which is what it should be, logic and emotions don't mix. Mm. They just There's not space for both of them in your mind. So, yeah, when emotions are high, logic's low, right? So you pick, you make bad decisions, you fear of missing out, FOMO, like mm. you were describing there. And you come off of your strategy. Now, the way around it is exactly that. You need to have a set strategy in place. Mm. And this is the same for business as well, right? You've got to be following something. You can't just be like, oh, I feel good today, so I'm going to do this, or I feel bad. No, it's like, this is what I'm going to do, no matter what's happening around me or you know what the weather's like or whatever like that. I'm going to do this, then this, then this. And if that happens, cool. If that doesn't, that's fine. I'll just follow the steps. Yeah. That's the way around it. But it can be very dangerous to uh, let emotions get involved for sure yeah. I find that interesting because it's also relevant like you said in, in business as well mm-hmm. with emotion when you know we start feeling like we need the sales desperation kicks in mm-hmm. logic goes down emotions take over what advice can you give to entrepreneurs that are listening or even employees right now that are finding emotions are clouding their judgment what experiences have you had and what would you say to others yeah I think in business it's equally easy to let emotions get involved because you're very much on the front line as well as like mm-hmm. your face on the you know You've got to be careful on like what you say, be careful what people are saying about you, that mm. kind of thing. And it's very easy to get down about it, especially in business. Business can go have a few bad days and things can really hurt you or a bad comment online. In the overall scheme of things, it means nothing, right? You could have a yeah. hundred nice comments, one bad one. You're like, oh no, like this is the worst. <laughs> I better change everything. Yeah. But to get around it, what I found really helps is one, having the people around you that are going to hold you accountable, sort of circle back to that because... If I know that I'm going to be down or I'm going to not perform one day because I feel a bit rubbish in myself, well, other people are going to lose out because of that, mm. right? The team's going to lose out. The customers are going to lose out. But my clients aren't going to get as good results because I'm not the best version of me. So you've got to think, right, this is more than, like, I've got to get over myself, essentially. Yeah. Like, it's more than just how I feel today. You've really got to look at outside on that one. And I find that so useful because mm. if you just get left to your own devices, you know, we, we've all been in, you've had like a, a duvet day, so to speak, you know, you just want to shut the world out. Yeah. Like that's the worst thing you could possibly do in those situations. Yeah. And the weirdest thing ever is when things do seem tough like that and you think this is like the worst, like I've got to make big change and you stick to your guns and you really push through that, they're the days that the biggest progress happens. Yeah. I don't know why it is. I can't explain it. But uh, yeah, I, I've definitely noticed that. So if you're ever feeling like this is just not going right, push that a little bit harder because... Yeah. You're probably close. 
I, do you know, I was just about to say the exact same thing. And I remember when, because as many of our listeners, our viewers know, I went through a serious batch of depression before I started my business. And then after my, after my business, more wobbles because of the roller coaster it is business. Mm-hmm. So if anyone could talk about emotions, it's most definitely me. And I, I find that often you're right. It's not staying in the shit to be blunt because you know if we're pushing and then suddenly shit gets real and we stop we're actually staying in the shit like we're not moving best thing to do is to keep moving like you said and i love the fact that you mentioned a strategy because in trading it is i mean it, i wouldn't say it's black and white but it's simpler it's like this is the strategy you started with don't change that one because your mentor's teaching you it two you've got the you've got the assets and the resources you're halfway there follow the process whereas a lot of people they get like this shiny object syndrome of like oh but maybe we should try this and this other person said this and i think some unfortunately the industry we're in which is the education space is a lot of people teaching get rich quick Mm-hmm. there's a lot of people teaching wish giving the dream you know one of my things my pet hates and I'm still in this space where so you know I aspire, admire a lot of these people but a lot of people are also over promising mm-hmm. and making people think you can be a millionaire overnight and you you know you can quit your job tomorrow and become financially free through trading what's your experience of this actually behind the scenes is it possible or is it a load of bs straight up get rich quick seems do not exist okay, all right good. they they just we're on the same page yeah yeah <laughs> But it's interesting what you've just said, and I believe there's two sides of it. So one's the the teachers, tutors, coaches side, and the other is like the person doing it, like the mm. client. So from our point of view as the tutors, you do have a responsibility to sort of tell the truth. Now, obviously, every business, when they're marketing, they want it to seem as good as it can possibly be. But you've got to play within the lines of reality there, right? Mm. If you're promising something, you better be able to deliver because it's not just your reputation that's on the line, but that person's livelihood, who's investing in you, mm. Who knows what who's relying on that person? You know, you've really got a, a big responsibility to deliver. Mm. Now, on the other side, the the client side or the person signing up to these things, hoping that they're going to work, they've also got to take a bit of responsibility. And it's not the easiest thing to hear if you've been like mm. on the wrong side of it. But and it comes back to emotions getting involved, right? It's if you if something I know everyone says if something sounds too good to be true, it usually is. Maybe. But also, why don't you take that extra minute to to think about it or just that extra day? There's n- never been in my life a situation where I had to make a decision right then or the opportunity would have gone, you know, mm. if it's a course or something like that. Now, if it's like to take a trade, obviously, in the moment, you make the decision or not. But if you come say to someone, look, I need another day. I need to just really process this. What What's going to happen? Like the world's not going to change tomorrow, mm. right? So you can do that. But people get so caught up in the emotions so excited that someone's promised them the world, they're going to change their life, that they go blind mm. and the, the red flags are completely missed. Uh, trading is obviously the worst example of it. Like there's a amount of scams out there that yeah. it's awful. Because uh, there's a difference between a get rich quick scheme and a flat out scam as yeah. well, right? Um, unfortunately, that one reigns a bit supreme. Yeah. But yeah, so as the, as a client, if you're sitting there thinking, oh, I want to do this thing, but it sounds a bit, well, speak to people, like speak mm. to humans. If you've, I think the biggest thing people do is they ignore like the obvious flags. Like, oh, I'm, the person won't speak to me or that the person who's running this is too busy to chat, but they just said sign up now. Like, I don't know about you, but if a client or a potential client ever needs to speak to me to get some reassurance, why wouldn't I speak to them? Exactly. <laughs> like, also to make sure that they're right for it. Mm. Because if they're wrong, they're going to come into the program, not do well. And who, who wins then? Yeah. So if anyone, like if they don't want to speak to you or there's a lot of red flags and you're not able to speak to any people like yeah. stay back like take a take a breath and have a look at that 
yeah that, that's the best way i'd say to to really avoid these situations yeah. and interesting though it's the same in trading though because you don't always take every single trade in the same way that in the training business we're not always going to take every single client and customers people who are coming into the training whether they're in your space my space or any other industry it's about knowing actually you might not necessarily need to work with that mentor and i the reason why i find trading fascinating from a training training perspective in trading is that mm. I would say if I was to compare, there's a hell of a lot more stigma in your industry with teaching trading than there is in my industry. Obviously, I teach book publishing media. Yeah, okay, I have to deal with the stigma of the media a lot. And people go, I don't like the media. Well, don't watch it. Just be featured on it. That's my view. But for trading, there's a lot because, you know, we've seen like movies like Wolf of Wall Street, Jordan Belfort, where it's just like this whole like sell them everything and tell them they need it and sell, you know. How have you battled that as a leader to break free from that stigma of what people think they know about the trading industry? That's an interesting one. So that has been obviously a battle because yeah. you just mentioned the word trading is like, oh, here we go. Yeah. But, but interestingly enough, I'm actually not a fan of the trading industry as a whole. Mm. Now, traders in the city, say what you will, system and all that, fine, that's different. But us individual traders, we're called retail traders, okay? Um, we, I don't like the industry because people are very much like cutthroat, all this kind of thing, very like... A lot of people trying to sound very intelligent and using a lot of jargon. That's why you'll always hear like jargon online and things like that. And people f feel superior by it and they use it to sell programs because people feel, oh my goodness, like this person knows so much, but that like, it's just unnecessary. You could, you could jargon anything, right? You could mm. complicate anything. So my whole thing about the trade tribe and if it's just like, keep it simple, cut the fluff to, to be good at trading, like to be amazing at trading is a lifelong skill. There's, if anyone tells you they can do it in quicker than that, they're lying. It's like people who sign up to a course and expect to be like a millionaire by next week. That's like kicking a football for the first time and then playing in the Premier League next weekend. It's just <laughs> yeah. like, of course you can't do that. Yeah. But people get sucked into these sort of things. And certain types of trading lend themselves to it. And you know when you see the people in like on the Lambos and in yeah. Dubai and that kind of thing, <laughs> that, that eats into it quite a world too. But for me, I was just like, I don't miss that. So I moved away from trading. So I used to do it full time. And... I hated it. I, I truly hated that career because it's just you sitting in front of your screen, watching lines go up and down for hours. Like, it's awful, oh mind-numbing. Very lonely, as you can imagine, but just just not ideal. You don't want to run your life like that. Well, I didn't anyway. I like people. So my whole thing was like, get away from that. Keep it simple. You don't need five screens, you know, all that kind of stuff that you see in the movies. Just keep it simple, like, Check it a few minutes each day, that kind of approach, because everyone can do that. Mm. And if you keep it simple, it's hard to get emotions really involved. When it's really difficult, you're panicking, you're worried, you're stressed. That's when the mistakes happen. So, yeah, yeah there is a big distinction there that people have to make. Yeah. It's good, though, Ben, that you've had the experience in both because you've done that whole five screens staring at lines. And you mentioned the loneliness piece, which I want to touch on because a lot of entrepreneurs can relate to that, even though like I've not been in trading, I have had those moments of being in business on my own. Yeah. How did you cope with that loneliness, whether it's sitting at screen or, you know, being on your own all day? And what, what attracted you to the idea of moving away from that? Yeah. I mean, to be brutally honest with you, like, I used to trade, let's say six to eight hours a day in different markets. And then in the evening I'd go out like partying and drinking, wow. like just to do something different, you know, like, and it gets a really bad habit. Mm. And yeah, I mean, that was only up to, let's say three, four years ago. 
And because you have to do it, you, you need that release. Now, I can see why a lot of people turn to drink in mm. business owners, for example, or gambling or anything like that. It's just a release, right? Anything. Now, obviously, the problem is most things like that, most releases are negative. That's, that's the bad thing. For business owners that are working on their own all day, like for me, the biggest thing I do now is go out and work in coffee shops. In It sounds so silly, but massive difference. Like, yeah. Even an hour a day, if you went and did that, you just feel so much better. But you need people around you. Mm. When I was sitting at home alone trading all day, you you get so focused in and time passes, you're buying stuff. But you'd always finish the day with like negative thoughts. Like, what, what was the point of this? Mm. Like, that's what I really like about business. Because even if you're having those days, it's easy to look like, oh, well, that client's just had that amazing result. If you look how happy they are from what, from what I've delivered there. Or, oh, my team's they're able to go and do things in their life now because they're earning a, a great salary or whatever it is. And that mm. can pull you up so much. And you're like, all right, this is worth keep going. Whereas if you're on your own and there's nothing around you, and you've not got clients, you've not got anything, you're just staring at a screen. How do you pull yourself out of that? Yeah. I, I, I don't know if I could. Yeah. And that's where I find interesting because a lot of us, we have that. If we have such a heavy extreme on one side, mm. we find that we balance it with the opposite side. So for example, staring at a screen for six to eight hours a day. Mm -hmm. The opposite is the other extreme of the socializing, drinking, partying. So what what was the catalyst or the breakthrough moment for you, Ben, where you thought, Do you know what, this is it. I need to find something different. Yeah, so it was uh, two parts to that. So one was like I had that moment with the trading full time and one was like with the partying. So for me, the trading one was literally like, I, I physically can't do this anymore. My mind is like, the money's not worth it. Mm. You, you, you get to that realization, you're like, I can do with a lot less and not do this. So that's when I started to develop a strategy that I could do in a lot less time a day just to keep the money trickling through, which is what I actually teach now, funnily enough. So that was just purely out of necessity because I just could not stare at a screen anymore. Mm. The other side, though, and I hope you don't mind me going into this, mm. like the uh, the partying side, that, that was harder to get out of because you feel good in that moment. Like It's mm. hard to give up something that makes you feel good. Now, Long term, that obviously doesn't make you feel good, right? But in the moment, you'd feel great. So it's hard to put that aside. Now, for me, it pro there's a few things, but my father passing away a few years ago, that was probably a really big catalyst for me because I was like, damn, he's not going to see. Because I always thought, oh, I'm going to be doing loads more of my life. It's going to be amazing. But then I was like, hang on a minute, he's not going to see that now because I chose to not do this yet and I chose to focus on the party and all that stuff mm. and that realization you're like what am I doing in my life like you need a moment like that and obviously you'd rather it wasn't so serious but sometimes it does take that to really pull you out of it and while obviously it's a terrible thing I'm glad that I had that moment to to pull me out of it because I, I'd never even consider going back to that now Wow. so yeah it's a it's a weird one but I think that's why you've if you're a business owner and you're working on your own you've got to really pay attention to what you're doing outside the business mm. because that is the dangerous thing. That's the thing that will pull you down. It probably won't be your business. It will be, mm. yeah, out of there. Well, thank you, Ben, first of all, for sharing that so yeah, vulnerably. Yeah. And, and that's why I love these shows because a lot of people come on podcasts and just talk about all their successes and their wins and their advice. But actually, it's so much behind the scenes. I talk about yeah. it like an onion, you know. We go through these layers and, you know, I'm sure he is watching and is so am I, admired by you and inspired by you every single day. And I know, obviously, you've been gracing some big stages recently, sharing your message. And I'm sure he's there in the audience from the front <laughs> right there, which is fascinating and beautiful. So you mentioned there about 
the two pieces. There was the personal life and finishing the partying and then there was the professional life. And you mentioned also in business that it is usually our personal life that will affect our professional life because I'm a massive believer in we're not two parts, we're a whole. Mm-hmm. And for me, the connection between my personal life, my business life has always been my gut, my intuition, my feeling, my passion. Where do you feel intuition comes into your two worlds or one world now, which is your personal and your professional life? Okay, I've not been asked that question before. That's an interesting one. I would say, for me, I've really blurred the line now between business and personal life mm. in a really good way. And I think that lines up with what you're saying there, that I realised why would I have a, a line? Now, people talk about balance and things like that. I'm, I don't believe in balance, that you are you and you know mm-hmm. where you spend your time is whatever. So I incorporate both. So, for example, I love like going to the gym and being healthy. Now, what I do then is when I'm at the gym, I go and network with people in there. Because other people that are in the gym during the day are probably either retired or business owners that have a bit of freedom. Mm. Well, amazing. There's a networking opportunity. So with that, you're sort of like just ticking all the boxes Mm. kind of thing. And I really enjoy that. Even the coffee shops that we mentioned earlier, going and working in a coffee shop, have a chat with the person next to you. What what could they be doing? You have no idea. They could be another solopreneur that's doing their own thing. So I like to really incorporate it. Um, My health is a massive thing. I'm a big fan of, you know, taking care of yourself, I do like steam room, heat therapy, cold therapy. Mm-hmm. And that has a complete knock-on effect because if I show up as my best self in my business, well, it's probably going to do better than me feeling like rubbish. Yeah. You know? So I, I don't think there is a, a line anymore for me. And that is powerful, I think, because yeah. it's just you. Yeah. And a lot of entrepreneurs feel that they have to be two different people, right? That's why a lot of this, like, I completely agree with you, Ben, that we are one person, we're whole, our health, our professional, our financial, everything is one piece of us. And often we feel like we've become almost like (laughs) borderline, like dual personality, where we have one personality in our professional life and one with our friends. Mm -hmm. You talked about obviously giving up with partying and obviously we're in mutual communities now. How have you found your friendship groups have changed since you've been in business? Have they changed? Oh, massively, really? massively. I mean, if I look back, even like a few years ago to who I was talking then to now, it's like n- not even one person sort of still in the the, the picture and in, in the best way possible. Mm. Um, obviously, I've still got my friends from childhood, like meet up like every once every, you know, four months or whatever it be. But the people I speak to day to day are the people who are doing the same sort of thing as me, not mm. trading, but running a business because we can help each other because we're doing the same struggles. Mm. Now, it's no disrespect to anyone who's not doing that fine but if i'm dealing with something tough i'd rather get advice from somebody who's also dealt with that rather than just someone's opinion on something they have no clue about and i love that because what i found especially being part of like network groups as we are if everyone around you is doing more and pushing themselves it's really hard to not do that for yourself right you've got to keep up whereas if you're like a big fish in a small pond so to speak in terms of like what you're trying to achieve then it's very easy to get comfortable and settle so I like to surround myself with people who are doing loads because I'm like, all right, I, I can't let, yeah. I can't fall behind. I don't want to be the person they cut out, right? <laughs> <laughs> You're like, keep me, yeah, yeah, yeah. keep me around. <laughs> I love that. And it's funny because you talk about accountability. You mentioned it earlier and I'm seeing it now so much. That one way you clearly keep yourself accountable is by being around bigger circles. And one of the communities we're in, there is an elevation piece. You know, we move from park to communities to the community, community and up the levels, the ranks, as you will. Mm-hmm. How have you found your your drive change as you've gone up the ladder? Has has the more bigger the success meant that you're more hungry for it? Or have you sort of gotten comfortable or settled at any point yet? You know what? It's been tough. 
harder than I imagined for that mm. because I, as I said, from a young age, I just thought I'm going to do the most ever and I'm just going to be so proud of my life. That was kind of my outlook. Didn't know what I was going to do. No idea. But, you know, this is way, way, way before trading. But I was just like, I, I'm going to do something that's going to be amazing. Great. When you actually start getting those wins, and it doesn't even have to be something massive, but you're moving up the ranks, as you said, so to speak. It's very easy to be like, oh, well done me. I'll just enjoy this for a bit. Now, that's the most dangerous place ever because building that momentum to get to that next stage is tough really tough to break through that barrier what everyone does including myself or most people do they break through the barrier and then like yes okay woof, i need a break now i've worked really hard to get here let me just enjoy this the problem is then you're going to lose all the momentum so you're back to square one you might be on a new level but you're at the bottom of that level now and you really to build it up again is really hard mm. and i was having a conversation yesterday about this funnily enough and when you have your biggest wins that is the time to push even more because by getting that win, you're now at a new level. You're playing at a new level, which is amazing. Mm. To stay there, you can't be doing what you were doing before. You can't go back to that. That was old level stuff. Yeah. You're at this level now. You need to maintain that or improve, I would say, push on. And oh, I kick myself to look back at every time I got that which wins. I was like, oh, you know, well done. Well done, me. And it's just ridiculous. Exactly. <laughs> Pat myself on the back. It's just ridiculous. Mm. Because now I'm like, oh, imagine how far I could be ahead. So I've really struggled to keep that. Keep that fire burning. Sorry yeah. for the cliche. Um, yeah, that's uh, that's definitely a, a big challenge. And the, the biggest one for me recently was I actually noticed that I'd almost got created an environment in my life that was too comfortable. Mm. So all my business is about creating freedom for yourself, right? Like financial yeah. freedom, time freedom, what everybody wants. When you actually do that, it's, it's kind of a dangerous place because then you're like, oh, what's... What, what now? What's yeah. Yeah, exactly that. I was care taking care of all areas of my life that were almost automated, if you will. And I was like, ah, well, this is hard to actually push myself because there isn't any struggle. Mm. Really difficult to get out of. But whatever your beliefs are, the universe, whoever, they have a good way of uh, challenging you on that. And <laughs> always put something in your way that's going to bring you back down to earth a little bit. That's going to be my next question. So do you, do you believe that we can only achieve success or results from a place of struggle? No, I don't believe that. I believe we'll always move away from pain faster than we'll move towards pleasure. I think everybody agrees with that. Like if there's a hot pan you're, and you touch it, you're going to move away quick. Mm. That idea. Now, you can be in your, I think you need to be in your best self to really achieve the best outcomes there. But it all comes back to your beliefs. It doesn't matter if you're struggling or if you're thriving. Whatever your beliefs are in that moment, that what you need to do next, that's what's going to change everything. Mm. We are a product of our beliefs. Now, I think when you say beliefs, people think religion and things like that. Yeah, that, that is an area. But everything in your life is a belief. Absolutely everything. And whenever I'm feeling myself, like, maybe settling, so to speak, I always, I always challenge myself, like, what do I currently believe to be true that might not be? Wow. And that question, it really does get the cogs ticking. You can ask that in any area of your life. And most of the time, if you look to a mentor or someone who's doing a lot more than you that you look up to, they believe something completely different to you about a certain thing. Mm. That doesn't mean they're right or wrong, but their beliefs have gotten to there. So it might be worth having a sort of considering what they're saying. Interesting. What a powerful question. Yeah. And it's interesting because I'm a, I'm a massive believer of the woo and the do. Mm -hmm. So woo being spiritual, what I would call fluffy stuff years ago, now 
freaking love the woo <laughs> and the do being the logical stuff, which obviously trading comes into. Mm-hmm. Who introduced you to the woo? Was it always a part of you or, because so far what you've spoken about, it's all been a lot of the do. Yeah. So tell me about the woo. That's, that's interesting actually. I have always been super logical growing up, super logical. Didn't know, didn't want to know anything about the woo, so yeah. to speak. I actually started learning about it when I got into property. So shortly after I gave up trading full-time, I was like, oh, what else do I get into? Oh, obviously the next thing's property, you know, stocks and property, <laughs> what else is there? Uh, but I got into a property network and I had a mentor there and he opened my eyes to this sort of thing. And I had like literally had no idea about it. And even like the law of attraction, you know, even these simple concepts and just blew my mind. Mm. Now it is dangerous as an industry, I would say. And I do want to highlight that, that I think it's, commercialized a lot in that it makes it very easy to assume that you can just do that stuff without the other stuff. Mm. So law of attraction, people usually think, oh, I'll just cross my fingers, you know, say whatever into the mirror every morning, it's going to happen. Well, half of law of attraction is action. <laughs> like people miss that bit. So um, you do need both sides. But yeah, getting that sort of mentor, someone I looked up to, like you're achieving great things here, something I would love to do, and you believe in this stuff. Mm. Maybe I should, you know, give it a go or open my mind to it a little bit and yeah as soon as I did things started to happen so powerful right Mm. it's funny because that's a lot of what happened in my background was I was so do very logical Mm -hmm. do 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 fight 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 action 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 and then it was actually my beliefs and the woo that broke me and actually made me so depressed that I was so unwell and I uncovered the beliefs that I had within me were holding me back and actually creating challenge because I felt like challenge and struggle created success Mm -hmm. so it's really interesting that you mentioned that I totally agree. You need to have an equal balance of woo and do. You can't just sit there, cross your fingers, hum, and go, hmm, I'm going to be a millionaire. It won't come, right? You've got to go, hmm, I'm going to be a millionaire. What am I going to do differently? And then take the action. Who do I need to be to achieve this? So you talked about mentors there. And obviously, we're a massive believer in mentors. We're both mentored by similar people. Who has inspired you on your journey that's got you here today? There's been a lot, I will say. And I'm very good at like, finding one person just clinging to their methodology for a long time, getting everything I can from it, and then jumping to the next one mm. in the best way possible, not in the like yeah. look shiny object syndrome. Just that I think it's very easy to pick little bits from everyone and just be like, oh, amazing. I'm doing the Gary V stuff. I'm doing yeah. this over here. And you get it all. But if you actually delve a little bit deeper into one person, what they're saying, there's so much gold, so much gold. Like mm. What everybody says, everything works. Let's be honest, in business, every strategy works. Every marketing plan works. But you've got to implement it right. You've got to dive deeper into it to actually be able to make it work. Mm. And like you said earlier about the shiny object syndrome, people looking for get-rich-quick schemes, same thing. Every like, stock market obviously works. But if you just throw your money to 20 different things and just hope for the best, that's not going to work. Same thing for me. So with mentors, I've definitely flipped between super logical and super like woo. So I'd say when I was starting out, like Grant Cardone, for example, was a big one for me. Very logical. Yeah. Very do, 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 do. I, I enjoyed that sort of drive. Now, think what you you will about him. But you can't sort of dismiss his work ethic. Mm. And that really inspired me because I'd not seen anyone like that before. But obviously I've got more like, if you want to call them woo ones now. So I know obviously Ryan Pinnock is one we're both familiar with. Like I've learned so much from him on the woo side that just blows my mind. I, mm. If I think of Ben five years ago, you'd have completely dismissed this but it's really important i think to have mentors in both sides because when you said earlier about you know you cross your fingers and hope you've got to take the action mm. true 
but the other's also true too. Like if you just take action, 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 and you don't have the presence of mind to sit back and be like, all right, am I actually moving in the right yeah. place here? Like what? And you take that, something is going to come up and really knock you down a peg. And I think anyone who's ever had a setback in their life, like a big setback, would probably appreciate that. You, yeah. Yeah, you've got your blinkers on. You're not going to see what's coming. Yeah. And also, you're not going to realise that your mindset is the reason that's coming. Because that's exactly, that's the reason I met Ryan, fun enough. Okay. So I was the same as you. I've always had a business mentor. Mm-hmm. And then I realised that my my beliefs from what I thought was my childhood, turns out I wasn't after working with Ryan, doing a lot of unconscious or super conscious work as he teaches. Mm-hmm. I then realised actually every success I had in my business, it was like... I was achieving stuff. Like I managed up my business from 40K a year to 250K a year in 12 months. Fantastic. Then comes COVID. Now I'm not saying I created the global pandemic. Please don't blame me for that. But what happened was the, the ability and what it did to my business crumbled. Then it was like new things happened. I do big results, massive tax bill came in or, you know, it was just so many things. And I remember it happened over and over and over. And I was like, wait a minute. Where's the logic in this? I'm doing everything they said in that book that I read. I'm doing everything they said by that mentor. And that's when I started looking for what I now call Woo Mentor, which was Ryan, who helped me to uncover the mindset side. So what difference would you say it's made to your business now having more of a, you know, Woo spiritual side or even just being in tune with your mindset? So I'd say the biggest thing is awareness. Mm. So because I didn't know anything about this before, I didn't believe it. I just dismissed it. Now, something that you've just described there is basically the law of polarity. Like, you can't have the good without the bad. Now, if you're, like, on cloud nine all the time, which I'd consider myself a very happy, positive person, if you're always happy, you're always, like, loving life, like, you don't see the bad in anyone, you can be sure something bad is going to happen to you, right? Because not everyone is as Mm. nice. So having that awareness that, all right, things are going well, I feel great, Let's just take a, a second to look here. Like, is there anything that I could, any threats that I could see in my business that uh, just having that second to step back and be like, hmm, okay, well, let me be present with this. And you just notice a bit more. And I find it really helps with helping others. So, particularly your team, because most people aren't, I don't think educated is the words, but aware of all this, all the woo stuff mm. that's that. So, if you've not heard it before, it's impossible to be aware of it. Of course, like, mm. I, I was there a few years ago. But if you notice your team doing something that you can see it's going down the bad path, it's tough to step in and if you don't know what you, the reason is, mm. you know something's wrong, but you can't identify it. But if you've got that awareness, you're like, ah, I've done this. When I actually take a step back and be a bit more present or, I don't know, I, I meditate in the morning if that's your thing, mm. that's really helped me. So you can pass that on too. Mm. And they, those little things make a big difference, a, a big difference. Yeah. yeah, a big difference as well when you're not just helping yourself but helping others like you say because mm-hmm. obviously part of your journey now was you gave up the trading you started then finding a way of doing it quickly mm-hmm. and then obviously I know your story which I'd love to dive into is where it then became you doing the trading versus you teaching the trading and let's be frank stepping into an industry that has not got the best rep <laughs> so then what attracted you to then teaching trading rather than just let's be honest being comfortable going I'm making money from this happy days so, again, it's what I didn't want. So when I was trading or learning, even learning to trade, like, after uni, one thing I noticed is, like, it's, it's still a lonely game. Even if you get mentors or whatever like that, I, I couldn't speak to any of my friends about trading. Like, who knows about it, really? Like, there's not that many people overall. So I was like, it's a very lonely game. I'm sitting there studying, you know, all that kind of thing. I was like, I wish I had a community around me. That's what I really love. I thrive in a community. So 
in the back of my mind, I was always like, I could make something like this. Mm. Now, it wasn't until I did get into property, because property, if anyone who's been in it, it's a very community-driven network. Everyone knows everyone in property. Yep. And I really, it's got its good and bad points, but <laughs> I thought this would be amazing in trading. So when it came to me being in property networks, people were like, oh, you trade. Could you teach me this? Could you teach me that? And I was like, oh, hang on a minute. I can help people here. And that was when, oh, I can have a business, finally. <laughs> <laughs> That's where that grew from. But then I was like, brilliant. I can actually get a lot of like-minded people together, make this fun, build this community that I so much wanted when I was when I didn't have it. Mm. So again, it just came from what I didn't want to happen. I didn't want everyone else to be lonely doing it. Yeah. That's what I love about the Trade Tribe, because obviously we've mentioned it a few times for anyone who's curious, but it's not the trade school. It's not the trade... Uh, academy it's the trade tribe Mm. so you've talked about community tell me a bit more about why you wanted to create a tribe here i as i mentioned earlier i've always learned the most from other people and the weirdest i've built this community like well over 100 people in there now tribe members i learn more from them than i would myself you know and i've been doing this way longer but their last questions now they might have just started might be their first day they'll ask me a question i'll be like you know what, you've made me think here that something I wouldn't have even ever considered. And I grow because of that. Mm. Now, when you're passing on your, you know, this is a, when you're mentoring people, if you pass on a bit of knowledge to someone and they take action on it and they get a result, that is the most fulfilling thing. I don't care what anyone says. Like, you could be, I mean, if I make a trade and it goes well, it's like, yeah, great, cool, yeah. on to the next one. But if someone else does something, that, that's a real, a real big win. And I think that's why teachers must do what they do mm. like, in schools and stuff, because it's so fulfilling in that side of things. But having a community of that and then you're seeing them help each other and you're like, oh, my goodness. You can sort of step back and just sort of admire it from afar. Like, wow. Yeah. Like, not not in an arrogant way, but like, I've created something here that yeah. is actually helping a lot of people. So I, I love that. I think wow. whatever business I go into, if I choose to go into a different industry in the future, I'll definitely look to create a community in it. Yeah. It's powerful. Becomes the legacy as well, right? And yeah. I, I completely relate to that because I remember when I obviously a lot of what I do now is help people get in the media, get their books published. And when I first got my first book published, Determined and Dangerous, it got number one, like did really, really well on Amazon, uh, 11 categories in four hours, bestseller. And for me, I was like, oh my God, that felt amazing. And literally walked down to Tesco's bottle of champagne and I was like over the moon. I thought that was the peak until my, my first client published her first book and got on a cover of a magazine, I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. Give me a bit more of this. And I think it become addictive, right? Because then you meet people and you're like, oh, I'm so excited. I can really help you. You know, or you find yourself, people are explaining their challenges and they're going, oh yeah, I'm really struggling with this. And you're smiling because you're like, I know. And they're like, what? You're mad. So sad. No, I'm actually really excited to help you. It, it's, it's really inspiring. And that's why I love what you're doing with the trade tribe. And one of the things which I find fascinating about what you teach now is not about being stuck at the computer. It's about doing just five minutes a day. Yeah less than five minutes a day wow that's fascinating and so how how can people find out more about this if they're interested in learning about the trade tribe or, or wanting to do just these five minutes a day i think the easiest place is just to follow me on social media because i like to share a lot i like to put out there because yeah i'm not precious about my my content i like to um <laughs> like to share it and i like people to just get an insight as to what's available yeah as i said it wasn't around when i was learning so I like people to see like, well, if I ever did get into this, I'd probably like to do it with a big group of people who are all on the same journey. Yeah. So yeah, that. so Instagram would be my best place, mm. which is at Ben Knight Investments. 
Cool. Well, we'll make sure that's in the description and the notes as well for any of you guys that are watching or listening. Thank now, you. Uh, you mentioned Grant Cardone, and I want to just quickly de- dive into this because I've noticed a lot of people in our in all the industries, education, personal branding, speaking, podcasting, writing, a lot of it starts in the US. Mm-hmm. And I've noticed there's a lot of like people like Gary Vee, Grant Cardone, who are very big characters. And they have this sort of mindset of hustle, 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 get rich, wealthy, mm-hmm. Grant with his beautiful private jets and stuff like this on all his ads. Not dissing it, find it interesting. So I'm curious, what's your views on the American wave versus the British way is it the same can we learn from it tell me more Uh, I think we've probably got a long way to to go in the UK not in a disrespectful way but I don't know what it is I I mean I went to university in America so I got like an under the cover look at like their education system and it's not great like uh, I know stereotypically that it's not the best but it actually isn't that good so when I look at how much they're doing in terms of business and stuff that's got to come from somewhere. Like their drive is a lot more. I think we're kind of in the comfort zone in the UK, so to speak. Mm. So for them to make money, they've got to really work hard. Because, and I know the American dream and all that, but great opportunities, but they're, they're doing a lot. Now, when I compare it, like even myself to um, peers over there, you're like, you guys are actually naturally working harder than us. Mm. And it's kind of a bit of a an interesting one. I don't know what the reason is. Because I no disrespect to people in the UK, of course, uh, I'm here. We don't, I don't know, it's easy to be lazy here. Yeah. And it's easy to get complacent. It's easy to not push yourself. Mm. And maybe it does come back to the rise of like the woo stuff mm. too. Because people are like, oh, thank goodness, there's a there's a get out clause for me. I don't have to do the work today. I can just meditate on it or yeah. whatever it might be. And it's, it's crazy. But over there, I think maybe they've got less of that. Who knows? Mm. But I really find a lot of inspiration from them and... Yeah, all of my mentors now that I look to online are all American. The ones in person, not obviously, in the UK. And there are still amazing people here, I will say. Yeah. But yeah, I really find that that drive inspirational for me. Yeah, love that. You're, you're right, though. And I think a lot of, if I can just be as blunt as I can, because we're both British, yeah. I think there's still a lot of the British stigma around, oh, I can't ask for that. I need to be polite. I have to wait in a queue 20 minutes instead of just asking for what I want. Mm-hmm. Whereas I find a lot of Americans, I traveled America for quite a bit of time, a lot of Americans are very out there and just ask for what they want. And I, I believe, I'm a massive believer in, if you don't ask, you don't get. That is literally on every site I run, on all of my businesses and the amount of my business partners that go, the people come up to us and go, you told me if you don't ask, you don't get. And my team are going, Chloe, you need to stop saying that. But I massively believe in it. And I think that's where, I think we can learn as a, as a British culture, as clients, uh, as consumers, to actually start being a little bit more boisterous and a bit more determined and go, actually, I really want this. Mm. And clearly that's what I've definitely learned from a lot of the Americans and we've definitely seen. Yeah, that's a really good point. I didn't really realize that that's probably what it is. But even, I think, easiest way to do it, if you look at any of their speakers, like the big speakers in the world, the American ones compared to the UK ones, all amazing at what they do. The Americans will l- most likely be loud, out there, very mm. confident. And I think that does come from a young age. They can't all have just learned it for speaking. Right? <laughs> and I know there's some loud English ones too, but I really like that. And that they do. They ask for what they want. They're not afraid to go for what they really believe in. Mm. And Every time I've ever put myself in that sort of energy to to really go for it, it's always worked out nicely. Mm. So I think, imagine if I did my whole life like this. And they are. So I think there's loads to learn from them for sure. I do admire them. You mentioned there, Ben, that you found them very inspiring. So Mm. I always like to ask on the show with our guests, obviously inspirational people have been around you your whole life. You've Mm. mentioned about the mentors, family members. Who is inspiring you right now in your next future steps in your business? So I've got my mentors in person. I think we've mentioned a couple of them today. 
online, the person I really admire at the moment is Alex Hormozy. Are you familiar with Alex? No. Incredible. I, I would say check him out for sure. Like it gives the best like straight cut, do this, this and this like sort of advice. Nice. A really, really knowledgeable guy. And I really like that approach now, American. And I'm learning so much. So I've gone more logical for now. But mm. then I would, might say that my in-person mentors at the moment are a bit more woo. So yeah. that's quite a nice balance still. But yeah, for me, Alex Hormozzi is the one. And Jesse Itzler. Do you know Jesse Itzler? No. His wife created Spanx. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, he's phenomenal. Like, I, I look into him. And again, it's just like, just do it. Like, just yeah. get out of your own way. Just Both these guys are just like, you're the only one holding yourself back. Stop blaming. Stop worrying about what's yeah. going on around you. Just do it. And I, I need that, I think, to to reaffirm that for me. Yeah, fantastic. And my final question, which then we ask on every single show, mm -hmm. We love to share inspiring stories. Obviously, today we've been inspired by you, which has been fascinating. And I know the viewers and the listeners will definitely attest to that. Who do you know in your circle or in your community that you feel we should be inspired by next on the show? Oh, great question. I think the person who just jumped into my mind as soon as you said that is Joel Stone. Yeah, I know Joel. You know Joel? Yeah. I, this guy is literally the busiest person I know. And in the best way possible, because he's got his businesses running, but the amount he does for his clients... Like that inspires me to do more. And I'm a client of his. He's a client of mine. Um, so he's a really, really great person to be around. So yeah, I, I get inspired by him every day. So Love that. Well, for those of you that don't already know, Joel actually won our Male Entrepreneur of the Year Awards in Indeed, 2022 yeah. for Queens of Business. So Joel, you have been summoned, my friend. I'll be in touch and we'll see if we can get you on the show. So thank you so much, Ben. It has been amazing having you on the show. Any last final golden nuggets that you want to leave with our listeners or our viewers? Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me, Chloe. What I would say is whether you're doing business, whether you're doing a job, whatever it may be, always ask yourself, like, what do I currently believe to be true that might not be? Or a better way, what do I assume to be true about the world that future me might see a little bit differently? Uh, that's what I do, and it always gives me a good answer. I love that question. That is really powerful. I'm so glad this is recorded because I'm going to be putting that in my journal tonight. Thank you so much, Ben. That is a fascinating approach. And I love the fact that we've been able to talk the logic and the woo. So the do and the woo. And that is a very woo way to end this session. So thank you so much. Now, guys, I hope you have enjoyed the show as much as I have. I know we talked a lot and there's been a lot of mic drop moments. So do, as usual, pop in the comments. What has been your biggest aha moment or takeaway from the session with Ben today? Let me know in the comments. I would love to hear it. Obviously, if you're watching on our YouTube channel, if you are actually listening to the podcast on whichever podcast platform that you listen to don't forget to like and subscribe so that you don't miss our next guest we'll be back with you next week for our next guest who we're going to be incredibly inspired by see you then <laughs>